Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. I'm Todd Zainer. This program's also heard in Hawke's Bay on Radio Kidnappers. It's always great to find new people in the community that you have never known about or never met before. We have another lovely person who wears several hats, relatively new to the area, but a local nonetheless. Her name is Jordan, Jordan Harcourt-Hughes. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Todd. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. You wear several hats in this area, everything from communications to, well, you tell us, essentially. (laughs) I mean, communications is one hat. Yeah, well, yes, I do have several. I'm an artist, so I have my artist studio in Otahanga. Um, I work in communications. I also write. Uh, I teach uh, workshops and courses uh, at Wellington Community College and at my studio. So Everything creative is is my happy space. So I love I love working in creativity. I love coaching people to enjoy their own creativity and explore creativity because it's such a nourishing practice and everyone has creativity within them. So I like to practice creativity uh, and help others explore it as well. You would have been part of the arts trail. The last I was. Few yeah, weeks, the yeah. arts trail is lovely. Yeah. So this has been my second arts trail. So my studio has been open for just over a year now. So my husband and I moved here three years ago from Sydney and. Hunger is just heaven for us. It's just the most astonishingly beautiful place. And so being able to open up the studio and have people come in and have a chat, being able to talk about the way that I work and the artworks that I kind of produce has been just lovely. And so the Arts Trail is just a wonderful way to, to connect with people in the area. So you married a Kiwi, which is I why did. you're here. Was he, a, was he a Kapiti coaster or did you decide that this is the area you wanted to live in? We decided it. So my husband's a Kiwi. He moved to Sydney about 25 years ago, swearing that he'd never returned to Wellington. Uh-huh. And of course, we started coming back once every year or so. And we just loved it. And we just decided that we couldn't live anywhere else. But when we came back, we travelled around New Zealand looking for places to, to live. And we, we came across the Kapiti coast and we'd never really spent much time here before. We, but we just fell in love with it. And we, we found a beautiful place in Otahanga, which is near the river, near the ocean, and it's just it's just heaven. So we, we've just been happy as anything since we've come. So you describe yourself as an artist, so maybe elaborate a little bit. When you think of an artist, you think of, oh, it's Rembrandt, and someone's yeah. doing that. It's a little more to it than just putting paint on a canvas. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've had a funny journey. So I uh, studied fine arts as a mature age student. I'd originally studied journalism and then went to do a fine arts degree. And actually, I worked on a very big scale as a student. So I used to do metalworking and sculpture and installations that were huge. And I had the best time. I just absolutely loved it. And that was in Sydney. But what I found when I left uni is that it's very hard to go and set yourself up as a metalworking artist and, you know, have all the big uh, material and, you know, things that you need. So I I just drifted to painting and I've been painting ever since. So I paint in an abstract style. I use acrylics on canvas and foam core. Uh, Sometimes my paintings are small. Sometimes they're, you know, up to a meter in size. And for me, it's a very intuitive process. So um, being an abstract painter, it's a very, um, it's an organic process. So I essentially have no idea what I'm painting when I turn up to a canvas. I literally just turn up and see what happens. And that's, uh, 
it's a really fun thing to not have a game plan, to just play and explore and, and see what turns up. And so that's the way I paint. And for me, it's quite meditative. So it's a very relaxing process. It's almost like doing yoga. Um, it's just a time to tune out, to stop thinking, to just relax and have some quiet time. And it's very nourish- nourishing. You talked about sculptures and metalworking and so on. Would there be anything that we would recognize, say, in, in Sydney? No. For you, didn't, you didn't work on the Harbour Bridge? No, or... no I didn't. Um, but yes, I used to weld at one time. I, I couldn't weld a thing now, but I, I was, it was awesome to just explore that kind of thing. So um, I did spend a year in Scotland, actually, uh, and that's how I started doing sculptural metalwork. And it was a lovely time. So I was living in Edinburgh. And of course, you'd know that in Edinburgh, the sun sets at about three o'clock in the afternoon in winter. <laughs> so I was spending my student days just tucked away in the metalworking studio and, and just having a lovely old time. And I don't think I really did much else, but it was a lovely entry into creative practice. Uh, it was really the first time I've, I'd worked in creativity. So I'd always written. So I had originally always thought that I'd become a writer, but I actually needed to go and do creative work and actually be an artist before I could get into the real writing practice uh, that I wanted, which I do now, which is fiction. But I think that's much more about being in touch with your creativity than actually thinking from a, a logical or a rational perspective for me. Some of this artwork, for example, you do cards and you've got these lovely cards. If I hold them up to the microphone so people can see them (laughs) and so on, based on Jordan in the studio, original art and design. So this is just, you know, something that people can purchase and send us Christmas cards or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice way to expand the opportunities within art. So I um, photograph or scan my artworks and then they get printed on things like cushions, cards, oh. uh, doona covers. I think it's duvets here in New Zealand, isn't it? Um, or uh, do, what, what, what did you call them? <laughs> do you say doonas or duvets? Uh, duvet. Yeah, duvet. Yep. yep. So you can have your whole bedroom uh, fashioned in artwork yeah. and it's, it's just a nice way to give people the option. If they don't want to purchase or if they don't have space for a large artwork, they can buy some little gift cards or a mug and just have something beautiful and, and uh, colourful to take around with them. I love those cushions, for example. They get printed with keyboard, computer keyboards yeah. <laughs> or, um, you name it, bus destination signs, things yeah. like that. Um, and that's the sort of things you can do. Oh, that's there's, fascinating. There's so much you can do now. And it's technology has made these things much easier. So uh, it's it's very accessible for people to have a play and to create something and then to share it with other people through all of these different kinds of products and, and ideas. That's sort of one aspect of what you do. And then you talked about, you know, writing books. You've written a couple of science fiction books. Yeah, I love writing. It's one of the most, it's one of my favourite things. So um, one of the things that I do and and I'm reasonably well known for is the fact that I get up very early in the morning. So I get up at four o'clock in the morning and that's my writing time. And it's it's a wonderful time because I'm still in this dream state. So I haven't quite woken up yet. I'm still in a kind of quite imaginative space. And I just, I've been doing it for years where I get up and just do a brained up on the page and I started writing fiction a while ago and I'm a very slow writer so I don't it's not my main thing but it's always ticking away in in some corner and so yes I indie published my first uh, science fiction book a couple of years ago I'm working on the second one and it's just a lovely pastime it's so nourishing and uh, it helps me just it's another one of those just relaxation processes where it's just fun it's cool. (laughs) 
I want to hear more about these books. I mean, I like science fiction. I'm a, you know, I like the old Star Trek, for oh, example. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of science fiction. Yeah. But no, I can't see you wearing the Mr. Spock no, ears or anything. No, and it's really, I wouldn't call it hardcore science fiction. <laughs> it's really probably more in the general fiction or speculative fiction space. But I always loved this idea of being able to commune with the universe and connect with different realms uh, through silent sound. So sound that you can't hear, but that your body can perceive in different ways. Wait a minute, that's an oxymoron. Sound you can't hear. It's Silent a bit like, sound. It's a bit yeah. like I wanted to develop, you know, radio for the deaf, for example. Well, you know, I mean, humans can only hear certain sounds, and in, all living creatures only have a range of sounds that they can hear. But that's not to say that there's not a huge amount of sound going on outside of our perceptive capabilities. But I love this idea that the human body potentially has other ways to hear or feel sound or vibration and potentially can interpret that uh, and the, the body may actually be able to process, process that kind of intelligence and actually surface it from the subconscious into the logical mind state and then we can understand maybe what, what's around us. That sounds very Mr. Spockish. Logical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can remember going for hearing tests, for example. I couldn't hear the tone, but I could feel it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think we can feel a lot with our, yeah. with our, with our bodies. Well, that's, that's interesting. So what are the books called? Where do we find them? Yeah. So you can find them on Amazon. Uh, the, book is, the first book is called Betrue. So that's a French-sounding word, but it's the, the name of the um, – well, actually, you should read it and find out. It is, it is related to the story. And actually, the the first book is about a metalsmith who learns to tune metal to other world frequencies. Yeah. And of course, the metalsmithing uh, inspiration came from my early days in the sculpture studios working with metal. So it's all kind of connected. Wow. And the second book, you've done two, haven't you? No, that's, that's one I'm working oh, on at the moment. Oh, okay. So that's, so that's book two in the trilogy. So that's continuing mm. the story of Merowak, who's this metalsmith who's developing his skills to understand how to connect with other beings across different realms. And he's raising his five-year-old niece at the same time. So it's a story of, you know, children learning to help guide their, their elders and elders learning from children. So, you know, I've... I've, I take inspiration from all of my family and I've got a young niece who was um, I've been watching over the years grow and she was partly my inspiration for this young child. I'm going to guess, and this might be a really stupid thing to say, are you left-handed? Yes, I am. <laughs> now, isn't that interesting? Now, I yeah. say that. Explain why maybe I asked that question. I think a lot of creative people are left-handed. That's my understanding. Is that what you yeah. think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How fascinating. Yeah. You find that the writing and the artistry connects together? They do, but I don't do both at the same time. Um, so a lot of people say to me, oh, my goodness, you do so many things and you're so busy. And what I always stipulate is actually I don't do all of these things at the one time. So, you know, I, I pace myself and I spread these things out. So if I'm in the studio, I'm working on the visual things. And if I'm writing, I'm working uh, on the words. But I do find that actually language sits in our logical mind space and art sits in our subconscious so our subconscious works with imagery much more than it does with logical words so it is actually connecting the two and finding a way that they both speak to each other and can can influence and uh, back each other up I think. Yeah, the question sort of in my mind is, where the heck do you find the time? Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm. I do go to bed early, so I, it's not like I have these very long days. Mm. And I don't do everything at once. So I, I just, I rotate between lots of things. And I think it's that rotation that I really find enjoyable. And I think that's what... I think that's what we're finding now with people where, you know, at the moment there's lots of news in the paper, in the papers about the great resignation. So all of these things that are happening where people are leaving their full-time jobs because they actually want 
you know, I think it's partly probably because of COVID where we've had time, uh, where we've we've been in our houses and we've actually had to sit with ourselves and think about what's meaning for us, meaningful for us, ourselves and our lives. And actually people are turning away from just doing one thing. They don't want to just have a job where they just go to and work a nine to five. They want to have a nourishing life. They want to have meaning. And I think creativity for me is one way that we can actually explore what's meaningful what's meaningful for us how can we have purpose how can we explore and you know find new things that are fun rather than just doing the old nine to five so for me having this kind of a creative spread means that I'm excited about so many things and it actually I think they reinforce each other so that excitement bleeds from one thing into the other into the other and so I'm always excited I'm always inspired and I think because I've just got so many balls in the air it's a lot of fun. Speaking of the inspirations who has inspired you as an artist, as a writer? Have you had mentors along the way? I, I think I've had lots of great mentors, but I think um, so. I run courses and and workshops, and what I always say is that teachers are everywhere. So you know, I, I can be the one person leading the workshop, but everyone in the room has incredible knowledge and wisdom. So there there isn't a single person that I've met that I haven't taken something from. I think I think we can all inspire and teach each other and help each other do new things and find new ways because we've all got incredible life journeys I think. I mean do you have a favourite author for example? Dolores Cannon is not a well-known author but she's fascinating so uh, back in Sydney there was this amazing bookstore called Kinakunya and uh, I found a book by Dolores Cannon uh, just sitting there and it was this huge big volume and I'd never heard of her before but I walked back and forth among the shelves and kept coming back to this book and it was just speaking to me so I had to pick it up and she's incredible so she she has passed away now but she was a um, someone who got uh, who was a military wife and then she got into uh, she started uh, doing hypnosis with people and started exploring uh, previous life journeys with people and just she was in, just this amazing woman who just had all these phenomenal ideas and, and very interesting and so she's probably been an inspiration for my fiction and my science fiction writing because it's all kind of sitting in that space of how we connect with broader intelligences out in the universe. <laughs> and there's got to be some out there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> by the, you know, by logic and, and, you know, just sheer statistics, there has to be. Absolutely. Something out there. Yeah. Someone. Um, and as far as artists are concerned, is there one particular or do you take your inspiration from, from many? I take my inspiration from nature, I think, more than anything. So I, I, don't, I don't really have a, fav- a favourite artist, but I'm inspired by a lot of artists. So uh, you probably know that Hilma of Klimt is coming to Wellington uh, in December. So oh, that's, yeah. she's an incredible artist and you can look her up and see these amazing artworks. But generally, I think nature has incredible artistry. So I'm constantly out walking around Kapiti and Otai Hangar and taking pictures of flowers and taking pictures of the ocean. And, and that's what I take back into the studio. Oh, that's beautiful. That's great. And another hat, I mean, as we talked about, you've got your own communications business. You've got courses you run at where Wellington College? Yes, so I run them out of the studio. I run them online. Wellington Community College is a great place. I'm just... I'm always amazed and inspired by the people that turn up to do the courses because I think adult learning is this incredible space where people really want to be there. They really want to learn new things and new skills and they're they're ready to experiment. And they and again they bring so much life knowledge. It's it's such a joy to teach them. We have great times. I mean, without going into the huge specifics of of what you do and so on because that's essentially your business, but you know, what 
what essentially do people want? Do they do they want to know how, for example, to advertise their own business? Do they want to know how to talk to groups of people? You know, it's the old fashioned. Oh, you imagine people in their underwear, sort of thing, and, and yeah. that's that's how people can be comfortable. Yeah. a little bit of that here and there. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't do everything, but what I what I like to do is help people find their authentic voice. So I work with people who, and you know. I've got one person that I work with who is an incredible uh, person who used to work at, at a very high level in the Australian uh, public sector and has since gone out to be a ethical leadership consultant. And he's just one of the most wise people. And I, I saw him speak at a conference once and I looked him up and I couldn't find anything. He didn't have a website. He didn't have anything going on. And I got in t- touch with him and I followed him, him up afterwards. And I thought, and I said to him, look, you are, you're amazing, but how are people going to find you? How are people going to hear all this wisdom that you have to, to share with the world? And so I like to work with people that who inspire me and who I think will inspire others. So I helped him set up a website. We now do a podcast. Uh, I help him just with with whatever I can do to help him get his wisdom out into the world because I I think he's a very powerful uh, motivator and speaker. And so that's the kind of thing that I like to do. So you have your own podcasts, don't you? I do. That are available Yeah, yeah. And again, it's it's about uh, being able to share the inspiration that I get from creativity. The podcast is uh, 168 Days of Magic, and it's an adjunct to the studio program that I run, which is 168 Days of Kapiti Magic, which is an opportunity for people to come to the studio and take part in a six-month journey, which is uh, about exploring creativity and potentially exploring their own project or side hustle. And again, this is coming back to the idea that lots of people are looking for new ways to uh, to enjoy life, and this is a great way to enjoy life because you are uh, creativity can mean so many different things to so many people so uh what we do in the 106 set days of magic studio program uh is we do morning exercises which are around painting uh exploring mark making techniques uh intuitive writing uh journaling uh workshopping ideas together and then in the afternoon people can work on their own creative project uh with encouragement or um kind of coaching from me and just also enjoy Osha Hangar and just be in the garden. We have, we've got a beautiful half-acre place in, where the studio kind of kind of looks out onto a beautiful garden. So there's lots of corners to just kind of sit and enjoy the sun and write or plan your ideas. And, and you know, it's just one of those things that's um, inspiring, I think, for people to have that kind of ability to just have some personal time to enjoy their own um, ideas about life and explore mm. what creativity is. So um, the podcast, yes, that's uh, that's a supporting thing that just it, it has the same pillars which the studio program does, which is mindfulness, uh, productivity and creativity. So mindfulness is something that I've been bringing into my um, programs more and more because I think with with the way of the world at the moment, it's very easy to be stressed, it's very easy to be busy and it's very easy to be st- distracted. But mindfulness is a great technique to start de-stressing, to start uh, getting back to a less distracted place where we can focus, we can look inwards, we can think about what we want for ourselves and our lives. And that also leads us into a better place to explore creativity because we're relaxed, we're open, uh, and we can start to have fun and play. Uh, so that's kind of a bit of um, the things that we, we look at in the program. So you run this course or these courses in relatively small groups. It's not one-on-one, is it? It's sort of one in, what, about 10-ish or something? Yeah, exactly. So the studio um, fits comfortably around 10 people. So the studio program, uh, which kicks off in February, um, is open for a small group. And it's perfect in, in this kind of COVID environment where, you know, some of the big events can quite easily be cancelled. There's a lot of uncertainty. But this is a nice small number. And we run it uh, across six months 
in in two different ways. So once a month we have a half day studio workshop where people come and just relax and enjoy the studio studio environment. And then we also have Zoom tutorials once a month as well where people can workshop their ideas. And it gives it a little bit of resilience in the COVID environment. So you've got the option of coming to the studio and the option of, of working and connecting online. Uh, so there is also one of the components is some creative coaching with me. So that is a one-on-one thing, which we do. Um, but it's also about being in a group. And it's amazing when these groups of people come together that they may have completely different life experiences they may have completely different ideas about creativity but just even talking about creativity and sharing that experience of exploring ideas and thinking about what what creativity means to you what you want to do how you want to express yourself and have a voice in the world it, it leads to wonderful conversations actually well you brought up COVID so COVID really hasn't had an effect on on you and what you do which is I guess a good thing it's a great thing so I think one of the things that helps that is running programs online so I do that Uh, some of the Wellington Community College um, courses that I run uh, have had a few less numbers because people have you know some people just prefer not to be out too much Mm. at those higher alert levels but in actual fact what we're finding is that people just are in a really are in a space where they want to learn they want to connect they want to find out new ways of being and living so we've had good enrollments and it's it's always a lovely experience running those courses. You're funded. You get funding through creative communities and so on? Yes. So the 168 Days of Magic program has uh, some funding from the Creative Community Scheme, which is great. And I think that, you know, the the funding and the council is looking to support creative work that helps us uh, relax and enjoy the nourishing parts of creativity. So it doesn't just have to be for artists. It can be for anyone who wants to explore their own creativity. And I think what the council has particularly li- liked in assigning this funding is the fact that it is COVID resilient. So it does have the ability to be online, on Zoom and in the workshop as well and in small groups as well. What an amazing creative person oh. you are with, as we say, many, many hats. Um, your upbringing, your, your Sydney yes. was your upbringing. Yes, folks are still in Sydney and brother yeah. still there as well. Yes, family still there. Yeah. I guess hopefully you'll hope to go back next year. Exactly. Yes, we're looking forward to reconnecting again. And funnily enough, we probably see them more on Zoom than we ever did when we were in Sydney. Yeah. Um, but it, it'll be, there's nothing like connecting in person, so we're looking forward to that as well. Have you found that hard, being away from them? Yep, yep. It's naturally hard, but I think um, we've got the benefit of my husband's family being here in Wellington. So we've got a lovely family ne- network, uh, which w- and we're very close to them. So that's been great, having them. So you're looking for people to join your course courses, I suppose, plural, yeah, um, for next year. absolutely. Um, so, so what can people do? How do they find out? How do they find you? Great question. So... Uh, you can just Google 168 Days of Capital Magic and that will bring you to my website. The website has some more information about the program. We kick off in February. February. It's It would be great to have anyone who's got a creative idea, maybe doesn't know where to start, maybe wants some support. You don't have to have a, a finished idea, just a, even a germ of an idea of what you'd like to explore is great. Uh, and you can uh, also just find uh, my website, jordanharcourthughes.com. Oh, simple. Okay. Yeah. So just all one word, Jordan. Let's spell it out. Yeah. So we get the, the right spelling. J-O-R-D-A-N, Jordan Harcourt, H-A-R-C-O-U-R-T-H-U-G-H-E-S. All one word, jordanharcourthughes.com. And of course, if you can't remember that, as you say, 168 days of Kapiti Magic. And you can find out all about it. And what fascinating 
person you are. Oh, thank and, you. And helping so many people oh. um, in the community. I hope it is a, a big, big success for you, Jordan. Oh, thank you very much. And, you know, thank you for enlightening us about, about what you do. Yeah. Um, any final words? No, it's been great. Thank you very much for having me. A pleasure. Jordan Harcourt Hughes, who we'll claim as a Kiwi now. Yeah. Fine, from Altahunga, about communications, about arts. About 168 days of magic, 168 days of kapiti magic. So Google that and find out more and you can be a part of it. Our conversations for this week here at Coast Access Radio, I'm Todd Zainer. You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.